This is an NC Baptist resource. For more, visit ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast, the podcast designed to engage with ministry leaders around topics that will explore approaches and resources to help us be on mission together. It's because of your generosity that this resource is available. Learn more at ncbaptist.org slash give or contact us at communications at ncbaptist.org. Welcome to the NC Baptist Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Antoine Lasseter, church planning strategist with Send NC, the church planning arm of NC Baptist. I am thrilled, excited uh, to sit down and chat with today's guest. And so uh, before we get started, I just want you guys to briefly introduce yourself, your name, your church, and where you're planting. My name is Femi, okay. Um, I'm church planting in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, I'm planting Manor House in Charlotte. Uh, my name is Ramon Belagamba. I'm planting Christ City Fellowship um, in East Charlotte and in Fort East Charlotte. Uh, Andrew Browder, uh, Elizabeth City, North Carolina. I'm planting Redemption City Church. Man, thank you guys for joining us. There are millions living in North Carolina who have been reached with the gospel. Send NC helps churches plant churches that bring change and restore hope to unreached neighborhoods. Uh, just this past year, we've seen 74 uh, church planters trained, equipped, and or sent. Now we know that planting a church isn't simply uh, waking up one morning, uh, making the decision, and everything runs smoothly. Um, as church planters around this table, we've got some good news and we got some bad news. Um, and when it comes to church planting, we hope that this discussion is both an encouragement and provides helpful tips for those that are planting now or consider planting a church in the future. So guys, uh, what do you want to share first? Let's just cut to the chase. Do you wanna share the good news or you wanna uh, share the bad news? Now we are believers and, and we know that God has called us to this, but what do we wanna share first? The good news or the bad news? I would say the bad news. Um, the, bad the gospel news. starts from the bad news, and it tells you, tells you the good okay, news. Okay, he's getting theological. Oh, wow. oh that's, that's cool. Wow. All right, he's we want to start. What about you, Ramon? The good news or the bad news? I'll, I'll go with the bad news first. All right, so we're going to start with the bad news. First, what led each of you uh, to plan a church? And you got to give me the tweetable version. What led you guys to plan a church? So what led us to plant a church is my wife and I were... Shout out to Morgan. Yeah, shout out to Morgan. She felt, when we got married, she's like, man, we're going to be involved. Her quiet time, God, we're going to be involved with the church plant. And about six months later, I feel like God in my quiet time, like, you're going to be involved in a church plant, a bridge church plant, which is the church we were at. Yeah. And she didn't talk to me. I didn't talk to her. But when we talked about it, we're like, oh, okay, that's what it's going to be. Sweet. No open doors, waiting for the open door. Um, and over the, over the next three months, God just laid it open. Like, here's your opportunity. Will you step? Didn't know where, didn't know how it was going to look, how, how we we're going to have funds, how we we're going to, anything like that. But I was going to step away from my job into a church plant. So we said yes, and we started walking. Sweet. What about you, Ramon? How did you? Um, I think during the time when I was in seminary and I was also doing apartment ministry um, in the Charlotte area, it just kind of developed this burden for church planting uh, that I saw just that opp opportunity um, in our context to um, do something that basically filled the void that I saw. Um, just 
the thought of having a, a gospel-driven, intercultural, uh, and missional church plant in the heart of East Charlotte, um, in the most dense and diverse area um, in North Carolina, just just being in the midst of all of that, it just I just developed that burden to to desire to answer that call that I was feeling inside um, to church plant, and then it was affirmed by others. That's what's up. What about you, Femi? I think um, being part of um, healthy churches, um, when I came to the U.S. from Nigeria, I um, opened my eyes to see that, oh, there, there is a space where you could find gospel being preached. I thought that accent was from we can, Raleigh. We can we can. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think uh, that, um, and I knew that um, on Sunday sometimes, um, as an immigrant in this country, I would um, shuttle between church on Sunday. I would go to a gospel-believing church in the morning, and in the afternoon I want to go somewhere where... I can't be, I will not be asked the question, where are you from? <laughs> yeah. So as, as such as that is a gospel and community kind of need. Um, and I felt like, okay, we don't have to look for that in two spaces. Can, can there be a church where the gospel of, of Christ is preached faithfully weekly and a community where believers or immigrants, wherever you're from, can find that space together? So that was where it led me to church planting. Um, and I think Romans 9.3, when Paul was saying that it would rather be a cost than his brethren uh, to come to know Christ. So I think that became my anchor verse there. Hey, can, we, can I also go find people like me and bring them to the, to the space where they find gospel and community together? So the call has been secured. You know who you are in Christ. Your, your families are uh, also called. And so people around you have confirmed. So now I want everyone to share the most challenging obstacle you faced when planting a church, the most challenging obstacle you faced? Probably for us, um, just in the way we're planting, in the demographic we're planting in, um, some of it is just community. It's just getting into, getting into community was a little bit harder. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah personally, because in, in, in seminary, it was really cool to see the different models of church planting. Just there are different ways to do it, and different ways it's been done, and they're all biblical, but be aware of the pitfalls. And it's like we knew what we knew, but we didn't know the extent of what it was going to be. It's the bubble. Yeah, outside yeah, the bubble. yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, so finding a church even a year and a half in has been a struggle. So even getting into a, a church like that where we have the community and we have people that are reaching in, we have, like, we're still navigating that as well as building our community, our relationships and stuff like that. Wow. So that, that's, that's, you feel that tension. It weighs on, it's, it's that spiritual warfare side that just it, it amplifies when you don't have as much of that community as you want and you know you need. What about you, Ramon? What's been the biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge really has been penetrating the lostness of East Charlotte. Um, it's just hard to really um, grasp the attention of the people. Oh, no, we're in the Bible Belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, it's, it's, it's very difficult because um, you really feel that headwind um, in my context. Like, there are so many different things that vie for the attention of people's hearts. And people just can't sustain attention to want to be a part of a healthy local church. Um, so it's one side is attention. I would say the other side is attraction. Uh, just the headwind of that. We could do multiple outreach events and you, and you get you touch a lot of lives, touch a lot of people. And then when it comes to rubber meets the road and them coming uh, to do life with you, they just don't show up. And just the disappointment of that when you put so much faithful effort into it. So, yeah, I would definitely say attention and attraction. Those are the challenges right now. Femi, what's the biggest challenge? 
I would say that um, when we get a call of God, sometimes we think that we can do it alone. And mm, I think for yeah. the first uh, here I am, Lord, year, send me. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's that uh, like Moses-esque kind of kind of idea. So I think when I started, I think um, it was challenging because I was doing it alone. I'm doing like a sub-contest culture kind of ministry. And as such is that um, it was hard to find people to come alongside and say, hey, this is what I'm called to do. Even though it's like this clear, compelling vision, but it still was hard to find people to come alongside to uh, be part of what I was doing. But uh, that was most challenging. But it changed over the years as um, St. NC came alongside, uh, and it was kind of like really helpful to have brothers um, and sisters holding my hands and uh, supporting me in, in this journey. So you guys are in the beginning stages trying to build your core team. And so even though you're in those beginning stages, uh, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? Yeah, I think I, think I, would, um, I would start, uh, when I started church planting, I would say, Two years ago, I would say uh, I would have started with CNC. Shout out to CNC. <laughs> I would have started with CNC, just like the training, yeah. the trainings, and having um, ascending church that held my hand and then uh, point me in the direction of what to do and, and how. You to said do you it. would have started two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, yeah. I, would, I would have started off with all the trainings I had. Um, uh, all of that would have helped me. Um, to uh, to walk the journey without having to feel like I'm, I'm burnt out even before I planted church already. Um, I think that, that that I would do uh, would be my first start uh, rather than when I did it. What about you, Ramon? I, would, I think I would say just the clarity of the people that you are calling to be a part of your work. Mm, that's Ooh, good. Just that's good. in more detail with that. Because when you have a, a, a picture of kind of like what the ideal person is, is that you want to be part yeah, of your gospel yeah. work it makes it a lot more easier with messaging and then calling okay, people yeah, to yeah. that so if you're not crystal clear with um what you're calling people to then they won't have the difficulties of trying to comprehend what you're calling them to wait a minute you mean to tell me if you don't if you simply build it they will come right if 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 you preach they will listen and then they will be conformed and transformed into the image of Christ. You mean there's opposition to that? Always. <laughs> always. It's always chilly out there. What about you, Andrew? I've been sitting here the whole time trying to figure out what I was going to say because I resonate with both of these guys. Um, and for us, it's, it's almost like an I wish for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that I had the relationship. Kind of, kind of the same vein as Femi, right? I had the relationships now back when I started because there's so much of I mean, some of our first conversations right on the phone it's like I, I don't know what I don't know yeah like I don't know what I don't know and and having that information it's out there I'm finding that that it's yeah. out there but my access to it um, has grown as I've seen the need for it because our context that we came from is so vastly different and then there's a water hose of training and yeah. information and then sometimes there's a disconnect between what you're hearing and actually applying it and so uh, someone sum up what the uh, the gist of some of the most difficult challenges that you heard somebody summed that up we heard about like understanding context to the point of preparing the people that um, that's going to be joining us to that context. Uh, also, tempering expectations. Mm. Like 
You know, yeah. like you're sitting there, you get that call, you're fire, it's like fire shut up in my bones. And I'm going to just preach the gospel. And then the reality of it is, especially in your context, Ramon, or probably all our context, that um, people are resistant. But then there's people who are hostile. It's a difference between being resistant to the gospel and being hostile. And so how do you handle the hostility that you're beginning to see that we may not have addressed early on in our church planning journey? I think it's important to become a person of peace in your context. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Like you have to love your, love your neighbors well. Um, you have to, they have to see you as someone that is really for the common good, that you really are an advocate advocate in your space um that you're also willing to serve anybody that you're willing to bestow dignity upon anyone and they can see you as that person of peace because you don't want anything to be offensive about you you only want the gospel to be offensive yeah that's good that's good you want to add something andrew the first thing when you said that i was like i don't know if this fits but we will be the judge of that yeah right um (laughs) is is understanding you don't have to be somebody else Yep. Yeah. Like some of the hostility, I think, comes from between our ears. It's our own hostility against ourselves. Like, cause we, it's, it's hard to get, not get caught in that comparison trap. And it's like our most hostile witness is us. Cause we preach to ourselves more than we preach to anybody else. Right. I don't know if y'all get caught in that, but I get caught. Like, it's like, but wow. I think, I think that comes back to what we talking about. Like, like as we're able to talk to people in similar context, like that hostile, our inward hostility. Yeah. It, it decreases. It allows us to give us a little more clear vision of how we can then address that hostility. Like you're talking about how can we make the gospel what it is and let it be the offense, not us. All right. So everyone now share the most encouraging thing about planting a church that makes the challenges worth it because we understand that the gospel is worth it. So what's, uh, let's start with Andrew. What's the most encouraging uh, uh, thing that you've, you've, you've experienced? four baptisms and we don't have a Sunday service yet. Come on. Like that's getting to see somebody who I saw, I talked about this yesterday. You got to take him in the, the river. You don't the, even have a place to baptize. Listen, listen I accidentally sir. bounced his head off the concrete when I did it too. So just don't, don't judge me from that. I hope you got liability. <laughs> Praise God. Do, Praise good. God. Um, but, um, but like the story, it's the stories, right? Yeah. It's the dope. stories. It's the, it's the kid whose mom asked me, what do you have to offer these kids? And then I get a letter from her because her son just accepted Christ and got baptized. It's the kid who grew up in church, got beat up in some ways that, that we would all say we, we, we've been around. But to hear him go, hey, God, like, I just got this realization. God's not a liar. I want to walk with him. Man, that's good, it's, bro. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the student who comes in and who's like in tears the first meeting we meet because she's looking for a church that's, that's about kind of what you talk about, explain that vision, right? We're talking about this is what we want to see. We're not there yet. And she's like, I've been looking for something like, like that's, that's what dope. keeps you going. That's, that's good, what helps man. you when you're in this stage where like we don't have like what we think we should have. Like, that's good. That's it. What about you, Ramon? What's the most encouraging experience you've had since you've been on this journey? I think really just building a, a beautiful family. Right. Yeah. 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 That part. God, God has been gracious enough to allow us to build a beautiful multi-ethnic, multi-generational family already. Come on. Um, that we got haven't had a Sunday service yet. Building a family, yeah, <laughs> building family, and just learning, just cultivating that culture, um, that just to see like people it, of your of your church plant say, "Man, I really love," you know. I have a I have a couple of Gen Z 
Um, shout out to Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> Gen Z represents in our family, and they love being able to dialogue with baby boomers mm. and, silent, and the silent generation as a part of our church plan. That's already. good, bro. So just seeing how things are cultivating, just seeing conversations and pulling things out of people's stories that you've never heard and, and just seeing what their passions and their burdens are and then bringing that to our collective story as a church plan. Femi, what about you? What's the most encouraging? I would say that um, I think uh, one of my pastors would say, we get to do this. Yeah, I think it, it's a shout pri- out to your past. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a privilege to to be called to do God's work, um, and I think that um, it's been a privilege to see someone come in t- um, to our group and then seeing them where they were and then where they are now, and then you can see the evidence of God's work in their life. Yeah. I think I think that's is humbling. It's also encouraging to see that happen, the movement from where they were yeah, and then where yeah, they are yeah. right now, and also I would say personally. Just seeing how God had grown me in continuous dependency on Him. Come on, man. So in prayer, in the Word, and just reliance on Him that I can't do this. Only you can do this. Yeah. So I think that maybe you're just um, looking at others. I've seeing my life and seeing how God has been working in my life and my continuous dependence on Him. Mm-hmm. I would say that is a big thing, just a church planter. So I observed each of you lighting up. When you're when you're telling the stories of what you're seeing God doing um, and using us to do it, man. So it's just a privilege to see how you are enjoying this moment and how even though the challenges are, are real and you're facing a spiritual war and the, the attacks against your family, it's just beautiful to see that you also encourage because the gospel is worth it. Oh yeah. Now, last question: In just a few words, what would you say to a church planter or church planters? that are beginning the journey right now? What would you say to them? Um, I would say um, church planting is, um, is hard work, number one. And two is that we are called to, I mean, I think uh, Paul in First Thessalonians 2 used the language of nurturing. It's like we are called to yeah, nurture caring. something, yeah. caring for something. So I think um, even though we might be pulled into the idea of, uh, oh, and in, and in metrics and in numbers, and I need to get it up quick, and, and mm. sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And people's lives are not microwave that you need to get in and get out of it. So there will be nurturing. Um, even Paul in Galatians, my church is going through their Galatians right now. Paul using the language of the Galatian church and say, hey, it is, I was a mother to you. I was a brother, brother and sister. So there's, there is that nurturing, yeah. that familiar language yeah, good, that we bro. need to kind of see that way. That it's not going to be quick. Uh, I mean, it might be quick, but most times it's not quick. And as such is that we should be ready to be people that are nurturing and caring for something. You got a shepherd's heart, man. I love that, Yeah, man. so that would be my, my encouragement and say, hey, it's going to be hard, but yet it's rewarding. But at the same time, have a heart that I'm going to be nurturing something, lives, that you can look back and say, this was worth it. I knew where they were, and this is where they are right now. That's good. Ramon, what would you say to church planners beginning this journey? Uh, I think I'll say three things. First one is uh, do the soul work. Mm, that's Ooh, good. Number one that's is, a whole is podcast, yeah. Bro. You have to know yourself well um, in relation to God, and you have to do the work because you're gonna find out. Because you're gonna find out, you reproduce who you are, right? And then your marriage reproduces, and your children, and it all impacts your that's church good. plan. Yeah. But if it doesn't start with you, and you making sure that you're emotionally and spiritually healthy, uh, that would be first. 
Secondly, um, I think my pastor told me this, hold people loosely. Hmm. Hold people loosely. Because people will come and go. Um, and it's, it's going to hurt. Um, yeah. You're not going to understand why they leave or why they don't stay. But just know that the Lord builds his church. And then lastly, mm-hmm. prayer is the work, mm-hmm. right? That we have to be committed daily, moment to moment with prayer. Like, because you never know what challenges you're going to face. Yeah, that's true. What spirit, spiritual warfare or so within your family or someone within the church or um, somebody coming up on your doorstep that's battling addiction and homelessness. Mm-hmm that may want to come to your Sunday gathering. You just never know um, what's going to happen. But if you're praying, you could just know that Jesus is going to be with you um, in that moment. Wow. Thanks, yeah. bro. Andrew, take us home. I think for me it would be just a, it's like to encourage church. I'm going, listen, it's not your it's not your gifts. It's not your abilities. It's not all the things you've cultivated that built the church. Mm. Like, cause so many times, uh, they can nod their heads over here. Like so many times we're like, it, this, I, you put all the weight on yourself. Mm-hmm. You take the, like, you take the weight that God said, hey, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. Right. And you take it up and you're like, no, I got this. But just to encourage you, like, listen, the more back to what Femi said, the more you press into God and trust him to do what he says he he will do. That's good. Promise. I will build my church. That's what he said. Like, you've got to lean into that. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be, I don't care how, what t- type of team you take, whatever, there's a time that's going to come where you're going to feel the weight of the world. But you have to flip it and realize, I don't have to carry this. Mm-hmm. I have good. to be faithful. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Man, this is so good, and I'm going to put pressure on our production team. I would like to check in with you guys six months from now to see where we are so that we can just continue to be on this journey together. And I want to thank Femi, Ramon, and Andrew for uh, being a part of this. We're praying for you. Listeners, if you sense God calling you to send, to plant, Send NC is here for you. We want to be on mission together with you and your church to reach North Carolina. We're praying for you and we are here to walk with you through this exciting process. You can listen to more NC Baptist podcasts just like this one at ncbaptist.org slash podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us today. Because of your generosity to NC Baptist, this podcast, along with other helpful resources, are made available for you. Learn more by visiting ncbaptist.org slash give.